Yo, 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 we're back again. Welcome to episode number 59 of the Rulong Talks podcast. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now. And I'm joined, as always, by the wrestling kids, Rich Kid. Rich Kid, say what's up. What's up, people? What's up? Cool, man. And we're here and we're excited. And we want to talk to you all about the Captain Marvel trailer. Um, I really enjoyed this trailer. Uh, the the first teaser trailer I, I I enjoyed, but I could understand why people were a bit frustrated with that trailer because it was very abstract. But I feel like this one has given us a lot more detail in terms of the kind of story that we're going to get from uh, this adaptation. Um, so yeah, man, let's dive into it. But I mean, first of all, Rich, we should probably try and give people a little bit of comic book background in terms of Captain Marvel and who Captain Marvel is. Um, I know we've spoken about this before, but um, for the benefit of people who are new to listening to us, what is kind of the, the history of, of Captain Marvel in a nutshell? All right, well, basically, well, I mean, you, are we talking about the moniker of Captain Marvel? We're talking about the, yeah, the politics I get, of I, Captain I guess, Marvel? Yeah, I guess if you, if you kind of start off with the, 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 the title of Captain Marvel, because obviously, is, as you've hinted at there, it's, mm. it's more a title than a specific name. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you explain a little bit about the, the, where that name comes from, uh, certainly from a comic book point of view, um, yeah. then we can, you know, give the listeners a bit of an idea of, of who Carol Danvers is and, and, and so on. So yeah, go for it, man. Okay. Well, well, the actual title of Captain Marvel actually belonged to somebody before Carol Danvers and was actually the ex-lover of Carol Danvers and, uh, and basically one of the reasons as to how she actually got her powers and you know, got her Cree-infused powers. So the name of Marvel is that is actually is the name of, of somebody who was a captain. And, and funnily enough, when that person came to Earth, uh, they came as part, well, he kept, well, Marvel came to Earth as part of a strike force to basically take over Earth. And he realized that the, that humans were, were inherently good. And so he turned on his own people and decided to defend the planet Earth. And what it was is that the people heard um, other Cree, Cree, um, Cree fighters that he was battling against and um, calling him Marvel. And they, you know, as because humans are not that very, very smart, we took it that they were, you know, that they were the dumb ones that were meant to be calling him Marvel. So uh, they basically started calling him Captain Marvel. So in essence, it actually is a rank and a name. Uh, and then basically um, Captain Marvel ending up passing away from cancer in uh, Marvel Comics' first um, graphic novel. I think it was like 1980 or 1982, maybe. And and then you had the character of Carol Danvers, who had gone by the name of Binary and Miss Marvel, and then later on was given the title of Captain Marvel, who, which was, as was suggested to her by Captain America, 
during a, a, an issue of the Avengers, which was quite a few years ago now. But um, but basically, um, she was the. I mean, this is take the count. This is the seventies, so she was the female equivalent of a character that was already there, which was Captain Marvel. So, for example, you had your Batman, and you had your Batgirl, you had your Superman, and you had your you know Supergirl and Superwoman. And so Captain Miss Marvel, as she was originally known, was just a female equivalent to the original Captain Marvel. And it's only in, in the past few years, I'd probably say the last 10 years, would you say, Jay? Yeah, probably 10 years. Yeah, yeah probably 10 years where we've seen quite, we've seen the character treated in quite a progressive way as like she's just not a female counterpart to someone that already exists and, you know, and isn't as strong as like her male counterpart, you know? Um, and yeah, and she's been, and she's been fleshed out and, and rounded out pretty well, I think. And she's easily one of the most popular characters in, in Marvel Comics, uh, as it stands. I mean, for myself, definitely. And, and Jay, I know you're a big fan of hers as well. Mm. But um, in essence, that's I mean, that's that's a bit of a brief rundown of of the history. Um, I don't want to say too much because there's quite a few a few different stories that have been told. But, but I mean, basically, the, the, the inherent essence of the origin of the character, that's that's basically what it stands to be. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for that, Rich. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's fair to say that the background behind Captain Marvel, the moniker, is is convoluted, as is usually the case with comic book characters, listeners, especially when you're talking about something that, that originally dates back to, you know, the 1970s. There's various different writers, uh, comic book writers who've taken different directions with the character. Um, oh, pardon me. Um, sorry, I hope I didn't burp on the microphone there. That was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blame my fizzy water that I'm drinking. But um, yeah, it seems like, you know, they the, certainly with the movie trailer that we've just seen that um, they're trying to go more in the direction of the character that perhaps people are a bit more familiar with, which is um, the version of Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel that we've seen in recent years, as Richard said, in the in sort of the last decade. Um, in particular, apparently Kevin Feige says that this is based on or inspired by um, Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, and her run on Captain Marvel. Um, which I'm a big fan of, which is called Stronger, Higher, Faster, More, I think, or something like that is, is yeah. the name of the actual arc, um, which they kind of worked into the trailer, which we'll, we'll get to as well. Um, but it seems like it, it's going to be taken from that, that elements of, of the character will be taken from that kind of arc. But they've also, with the trailer, I think we both noticed straight away that they've they've kind of played around a bit with um, the origin story and things like that as well. So diving into the, the trailer itself, Rich, it, it seems um, from quite early on that the idea is that, um, you know, Carol Danvers is an Air Force pilot, which is kind of true to her comic book origins and, and um, certainly in, in the more modern runs and modern takes on the character, there's a lot of emphasis on her background within the military and within the United States Air Force. Um, and it seems that there is some kind of an accident maybe or, or something happens anyway and she comes into contact with um, these alien races, uh, the first of which being the Kree. Um, and it seemed to me that their intention is to kind of show 
that um, because of her encounter with the Kree and the fact that she has this blood transfusion, which you see in the trailer, which was kind of crazy, um, she is now loyal to the the Kree as as, as an alien race and is and is going to be working for them. And you mentioned before, Rich, in in the history about the Strike Force. Um, mm. What what exactly is the the Strike Force that you're talking about? There is is that kind of like a an alien hit squad or or, or what? Well, well, basically, they're just the Kree's finest. So, I mean, I, w I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're the Avengers because the like you know the Kree version of the Avengers, just for the simple fact that the Avengers were you know were characters that were put together by you know by unforeseen circumstances, and they just managed and they just happened to become a good team. Whereas, like, I think one of the things that I'm really looking forward to in in, in this film, and like you said, that they're going to be taken from the comic books, is that Drawn upon Carol Danvers' um, background in the, you know, in the Air Force, so she's she's a soldier first and foremost, and basically the Star Force or the Strike Force is basically, you know, that that's that's what they are. They are the Kree's finest. So you've got your, you know, you've got your heavy hitters in there. You've got your your snipers. You've got your muscle. You've got your captain. You've got your brains, and basically Captain Marvel's got, you know, is going to be part of that Strike Force. Hmm. Yeah, um, it, that's definitely the the impression that I got from it as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they work her in. I mean, um, again, going by the the trailer, it looks like um, she is maybe rescued by um, Jude Law's character, and we'll get to Jude Law in a minute because I know you got a lot to say about her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it seems like she's rescued by Jude Law's character and is taken to the Cree homeworld. Um, and the Cree, I mean, we, we should probably say who the Cree are as well at this point, um, just in case people are a bit confused. Um, but basically, essentially, they're like a, a warrior alien race. Is that right, Rich? Yeah, that's correct. So basically, they're one of the, well, I mean, not so much in the comics now, but in the MCU, they're easily one of the, if not the most like prominent alien races in the in in the cosmic universe. Um, and we've we've I mean we've gl we've glanced them. Um, briefly in what in gardens of the galaxy volume one mm -hmm. well i mean obviously we had we had um what's his name uh we had ronan the accuser mm. uh, played by lee pace uh and then we had who else korath yes we played had korath by, well, yeah. uh played jimon hinsu yeah, yeah jimon hinsu yeah yeah so they, they i mean they're they're one of the major races uh so you've got like the zandarians which is uh obviously zandar the, the nova cause then you've got the kree and then you've got the scrolls so those are the three basically well well depends because uh, now that disney have acquired the rights from fox um there might be a fourth uh you know alien race coming into in, into plan at some point later on down the line but that's a story for another day um but yeah but the Cree, the they're just like a a very military scientific based race that just believe in law and order and they actually don't have or use any emotions and people or you know members of the of their race that do use emotions are seen as like lesser beings um which is i mean this is which is a bit of a throwback to um you know the the vulcans from from star trek and then uh whereas like their main opponents are the scrolls and the scrolls are very much like the klingons from star trek as well which is something which i always found fascinating and a bit a bit you know a bit funny just because i'm a geek like that hmm. but yeah but uh but the, but the Cree homeworld, uh, they're just they're literally just about expanding 
their you know their, their influence and their empire throughout the universe so yeah they're, they're not very nice people to say the least mm -hmm. so <clears throat> from what we see in in the the trailer certainly in the early parts there um as said you get this introduction to the Cree and to the scrolls um the scrolls we we heard about before um they were mentioned by kevin feige when he was first talking about captain marvel at, at comic-con a few years ago and a few people um were kind of like who the hell are the scrolls um and, and what does that mean um and then there was those of us the comic book fans who are going oh my god they're doing scrolls they're doing scrolls that like, who's the scroll who's the scroll so um for the benefit of, of again of those who are not quite up to speed with with what's going on um briefly who are the scrolls um rich i mean because it's a name that people are going to hear a lot of going forward mm. i think well we both think that, that they're going to play a, a major part in the mcu and we'll we'll get to that as well but yeah. but yeah just briefly i mean who who exactly are they or what are they well the thing is i mean if you remember correctly um i mean i mean you Kevin Feige mentioned the scrolls, you know, when leading up to Captain Marvel or Captain Marvel, so I keep on calling her the, the other name. Um, but do you remember when we thought that, well, the rumor was that the scrolls were going to be the main villain in Avengers Assemble? Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but remember, it was at that point that Marvel hadn't acquired the rights to use the scrolls uh, because I think it belonged to Fox at that point. Mm. Is that what it was? Or, mm -hmm. Yeah, was it Fox or Sony? Fox? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so um, yeah, so this this wouldn't be the first time that they've been mentioned. Uh, it's just that this is the first time that they've been mentioned and they're going to be used, um, which is which is like bloody amazing. Um, but yeah, the scrolls are. It's weird. The scrolls are the complete opposite to to the Kree, and once again, it boils down to the amazing writing of like you know the late great Stan Lee who just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Um, whereas like you had the Kree who looked basically human. Uh, I mean, the only difference that you had in, in the Cree race is that you had blue-skinned Crees and you had pink-skinned Crees. Uh, and the funny thing is, is that the pink-skinned Crees were deemed inferior to the blue-skinned. And then you've got the Scrolls, who are a very religious and peaceful race, but they look almost to say like demons. So they've got like, number they, one, they've got green skin, and they've got quite pronounced features, um, so like pointy ears, and quite pronounced chins with like um, deep lines in them. They they almost the best way to describe it is that they look like a a green version of Thanos. Yeah, I mm. think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like they're they're basically the complete opposite to what the Kree are in every which way that you can think of, whether it be how they approach things or whether to how, how they look as well. Um. And they're just a a, a race or a civilization of people that. Just believe in spreading the good word of you know harmony throughout the universe mm. and the thing is i actually don't want to say too much because from what i can gather from the trailer this might draw on a few elements of the kree scroll war that happened in marvel comics back in the 70s mm. and it gives a bit of background as to the way how the the, the war actually started but there's quite there's a really big twist as to how it happens and i think this might be one of the deciding factors as to how and why Coward danvers actually switches sides and maybe decides to you know to defend the earth obviously because she comes from the earth as well but you know but you know like i said i don't want to give i don't want to give away too much but the, basically the scrolls are a race of people that are you know 
religious and believe in harmony and they have one special power which we haven't as of yet seen in the in the mcu is that they're shapeshifters so they can basically change into anything they want which is one of the things that we see in the trailer with the old woman that has a battle with um captain marvel on the train hmm. so yeah cool thank you man um yeah i mean as you picked out that scene let's let's go to that because i love that scene man <laughs> that scene was just great i love the i love it when trailers kind of play around with your expectations a little bit and um I mean, I mean, we kind of got a slight glimpse of, of that scene in, in the teaser trailer when that came out. Um, but getting to see the full scene was was pretty damn cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I think like everybody on the internet, like, we were all a bit taken aback when you see this granny doing flips on a, on a tube train and stuff. And then, mm. <laughs> and then uh, Captain Marvel rams her head into a pole and you're like, ow, okay. <laughs> like, so she's not playing out here. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I really do like um, the, the trailer as a whole. I like the fact that we're kind of getting a different time period. Um, it's been confirmed already that the movie's set in 1995, um, which is why in the teaser trailer we got the blockbuster video um, crash scene and, and things like that. Um, so I like that we're, we're kind of moving through the ages, so to speak. Um, and like everybody else, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how that factors into the story. I mean, we, we can probably theorize some things ourselves, but obviously we don't want to spoil too much um, for potentially what may be coming for the movie, given that there are certain elements, again, from comic book stories that, that we're familiar with that, that do seem to be kind of tying into this um, movie plot. But yeah, I, I am really interested in seeing kind of how that, factors into to everything really um visually i really enjoyed the, the the look of the movie as well um it it needed to feel cosmic to me and it and it does i mean i don't again i don't know about you uh, i mean you probably know much more about the cosmic side of the marvel universe than i do um did it feel kind of suitably space operatic i guess i, I can't figure the right way to put it but um, you know, did it feel like kind of uh, grand and, and um, epic in terms of the, the inclusions of space and um, the different worlds that we do manage to get a glimpse at the trailer? It, it, it felt awesome. And, and, I, and I think it's something that's been missed since, uh, well, since the last volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, we kind of, we, I mean, you do, we do kind of get a glimpse into or kind of like touch upon the, the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe or the MCU. Uh, again in in, um, in in Infinity War, but it, it's it's nice to go back to this. Um, it, it just it just felt really really nice, and they've really managed to capture the the scope and scale of um, of number one of how space is, and number two the type of powers or the type of power scales that we're going to be seeing used in this film as well, because that's something that we still haven't touched upon if, if you mm. think about it. Like um, she's going to be bringing to the MCU, like a, a different set of power skills that we haven't seen by anybody. We've seen gods of, we've seen gods of hammers that throw lightning. We've seen cybernetic suits. We've seen, we've seen some forms of like quantum magic, which is a form of science, but we haven't seen out and out just pure, you know, just, I'm not even sure what to even call it because mm. I mean, just, just, <laughs> let's just say, let's call it what it is, let's say power cosmic, or yeah. just beams of energy being released from somebody's hands 
or you know when they're flying off and you can see like energy just propelling them forward we haven't seen that yet mm. so um it, it, it's a really really nice tease as to what i think we're going to be getting from this um i mean how that's gonna how that's gonna factor into how it's going to be portrayed when she's on earth is i mean that's that's going to be really really interesting that's going to be the deciding factor for mm. me to be honest because she's she's a character that's inherently powerful but she's gonna be on an earth where if she really probably you know you know cause cause some you know pretty hefty damage because i'd probably put captain marvel up there with the likes of thor and hulk uh, and depending on the setting you know she if it was if it came down to battle she'd probably win hmm. you know depending so yeah but um yeah they've really managed to capture like the you know the, the style of that just marvel cosmic universe it feels really 70s and, and really 90s with the the way how the, the the jet streams are being portrayed it reminds me a bit of um of a little bit of jack kirby but very mm. much of like the gym that the ron Lim style of art that he used when he was drawing the silver surfer in the 90s mm. which um, which which actually kind of makes sense um but yeah I, I can't wait man it's just another side of the marvel universe that we that we haven't seen it and you know every side that they seem to show to us from, from this universe they just seem to you know bang their own heads so I, i've got i've got full faith in this yeah me too i mean um uh the same as you i'm really excited because it's again it's a different side to um you know the marvel universe the marvel cinematic universe um it, it's a different side it's a side that we haven't seen yet and that's what i've loved so far about um, pretty much all of phrase three is they've always taken us to a different place to somewhere where that, that we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, as you mentioned, we, we got to see the quantum realm and, um, you know, in, in infinity war, we, we hopped around different planets in, in black Panther, we got to see Wakanda for the first time. Um, you know, and now we're, we're really kind of going into, um, cosmic realms here. Um, even more so than than Guardians of the Galaxy has done in in some ways, and and that's what I'm I'm really really keen on as well. Um, the movie I, I actually didn't know who was directing this movie, so I looked it up, and it's um, it's an interesting choice. Um, Marvel seem to be like picking these really left field directors for for their movies, which is kind of making a lot of sense when you consider how much success they've had in doing that as well. But um, the directors of this are um, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Um, if their names you, you don't recognize listeners, that's understandable because they're pretty much like hardcore indie filmmakers. Um, one of the films that they've done, which is one of my um, favorite movies, is a film called Half Nelson, um, which oh, yeah. starred Ryan Gosling. Um, yeah, you know the film, right, Rich? Where he's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he, he's a, a teacher in a in the city school teacher. and he's a crack addict as well. Um, and he ends up mm. having, uh, uh, you know, a mentor relationship with um, a young girl in, in his class. Um, they're really interesting filmmakers because they're, they're quite out there with the way that they um, approach kind of character and, and story. Um, and they like to kind of tell their stories in, in a non kind of linear way. Um, and it seems like straight away from the Captain Marvel story, you're, I mean, uh, again, this could be entirely just down to how the trailer's cut, but it, it feels like the story's going to be jumping backwards and forwards um, in time. And and that's a, a, a storytelling device that I do like when it's done right. Um, so when it's done well, it kind of, 
it gives you a, a full grounding, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a, a story that's quite epic in scope or a character who has a dense history and you're trying to kind of show how the past is directly correlating to events that are currently happening in the present in your story. Um, and that's one of the things that leaps out to me from this trailer straight away, as is, is, is said, is how they're, they're kind of playing around with, with timescales, which um, is something that, that, as I said, can work very well when, you know, when it's done right. Um, and I do have some faith that, that this is something that they can pull off here with, with what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, same as you, I love the, the, the whole kind of cosmic setting and, and things like that. That looks brilliant. Um, one of the things we did get to see in the, the trailer was our first look at Annette Benning, who I didn't even know was in this film. <laughs> like, no, I honestly no. didn't know until I saw the trailer and I was like, wait, is that Annette Benning? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> so I had no idea that she was in uh, this movie. Um, and I guess the question I was going to ask you is, do you think she's playing the supreme intelligence in this? Um, because I, I just kind of, it, it looked from, from the few glimpses we got of her, it looked like she's a Cree. Um, mm. And, you know, from the way she's kind of talking to, to Captain Marvel in, in the trailer, it, it, I don't know, I just got that, that kind of vibe. But do you think that's who she is? And we should probably explain who the supreme intelligence is as well at the same time. But... But um, yeah, do you think there's any chance that that's possibly who she's playing? She she could be. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, she might not. She doesn't necessarily look like um, the the version of the Cree Supreme Intelligence that that you know comic book readers or or me and you Jay are, are used to. But it wouldn't be the first time that the Cree Intelligence has been put into a body because usually it's just a, a big floating head in like a like a vat of some form of like um, you know liquid the best way to describe it is imagine a slug version of zordon for power rangers mm. that's, that's, that's that's the only way i could describe it yeah. but yeah but basically then do you want to give a breakdown of the the Creed supreme intelligence or you want me to do it um no you could do it man you you probably know yeah. more of the history than i do again so yeah okay yeah so so basically where i've mentioned before that the the Cree are a scientific based um uh scientific based race or like civilization uh, and, and obviously don't use any form of emotions. What's happened is that throughout the years and the millennia that they've basically, you know, you know, built themselves up and, and, and basically grafted their empire, with each passing of, let's say, whoever was ruling at, at any particular point, when that person dies, they're basically added to the supreme intelligence. And so basically the supreme, the supreme intelligence is basically a, a big floating head or well, I would say brain, but it's actually got it's actually head with a face and it's got these tentacles, um, and it's it's actually quite a, a, a quite a powerful being. Uh, well, well, it used to be quite a powerful being, but what it is is that it basically makes all the choices choices and decisions for the Cree Empire, literally just for the simple fact that it's got every single um, Cree or one of the Cree's you know smart minds in its own head, so. The best way to describe it is that if any of you guys, in fact, some of you guys listening actually might be too young, but there used to be, there was a film called Highlander and it was a TV show that was based off it. And what it was is that when Highlanders used to fight, the loser would lose their heads. And basically what would happen is that the winner would gain every single bit of uh, history and skill and memories from that Highlander. And so they would then be better at doing something else. So for example, 
if me and Jay were Highlanders and I was to take his head, um, I would take his, you know, I'd get all of his memories and I would have his his knowledge about film noir or John Woo films. Uh, and so basically the Kree intelligence is basically one of the, the smartest beings in the universe. And that's one of the reasons why the actual Kree civilization has managed to flourish for so long. So yeah, so that's a, a basically a breakdown of the Kree's intelligence. Um, mm. And it wouldn't surprise me, now that I'm thinking about it, if Annette Benning would be the person who would play the Kree's supreme intelligence because she seems to be the one who actually changes Carol Danvers into half Kree. Mm. Mm. And the Kree supreme intelligence is someone who's known to be always thinking ahead of how to create or, or how to make the race the perfect race and how to make them continue being the, the, the perfect race. There's already, because um, I'm, I'm thinking of the time frame now, so we already know that in the 1940s, Asgardians have already been to Earth, um, Tesseracts have already been on Earth, and there's civilizations that have been around much longer than humans. So maybe the Kree, the Kree Supreme Intelligence is thinking that, well, maybe the next evolution of the Kree race is to crossbreed with another race that has the potential to have, let's say, powers, whether it be to use, you know, magic, or whether it be to, you know, you know, to create super soldiers. So now that I'm just, you know, just that's just a bit of a brain fart that I just had while just doing a bit of that description. Um, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine, man. That's fine. That, that, that gives a lot of um, context. So thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now you've said all of that, it, it just convinces me even more that she's now playing uh, the supreme intelligence uh, but um mm. yeah let's wait and see because we might get proven wrong on that one um because we've certainly been proven wrong about the next person we're about to talk about which is um of course richard's longtime boyfriend jude law um he is playing a character called yonrog um at first we were thinking that he was probably going to play Marvel. In fact, if you went around on a lot of news websites, they were reporting that he was playing Marvel. But I looked this up and there's actually nowhere where Marvel Studios confirmed that he was playing Marvel. Um, so it seems like one of those things that the internet just took and, and ran with. Um, Rich, how do you feel about Jude Law not being Marvel? Um, and do you think there will be any reference to Marvel in this movie? Listen. Number one, yeah. <laughs> I understand what we're saying about how it was almost like a rumor that Jude Law was playing Marvel. But until I see it in writing that he's not playing Marvel, and it, then then he's playing, you know, then uh, up until then he's playing Captain Marvel. So <laughs> I'm actually upset, bro. <laughs> Crying those salty fanboy tears. <laughs> um, what was the question again before I started getting emotional? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was just, um, do you think we'll get any reference to, to Marvel in, in this movie? Um, um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think, I reckon this could be a good way around it if they do want to still keep certain fans of the original Captain Marvel happy. Um, Jude Law doesn't necessarily have to play Marvel. Um, like like we've said before, the, the the moniker or the title of Captain Marvel is something that can be passed on from person to person. So it might even be a thing where Carol Danvers, you know, gets this name after she's you know after she's told the story of like a an amazing warrior, 
because no matter where you go in comic books, that the character of Captain Marvel is has always been considered the greatest warrior of the Kree race, whether he or she is fighting for the Kree or fighting against. Uh, it's one of the reasons why Carol Danvers is, is given the title and why she decides to take it on as well. So it might even necessarily be a thing where, you know, Jude Law isn't Marvel, but then there will be a reference to the Marvel and, you know, it's a legacy that they, they feel needs to be needs to be continued, which would be, I think would be that would be a nice nod to, mm. uh, to, to fanboys and to also, you know, give like a, a pretty decent reason as to why somebody's called Captain Marvel, considering that there's nothing Marvel in the, you know, in the name that, you know, that Carol Danvers actually has, if, if you know what I mean. Like everybody mm. has a name which relates to them. So Iron Man is Iron Man because his suit's made of iron. Captain America is Captain America because he is Captain America. So yeah. So I think I think if they, if they as long as they as long as they treat the legacy of Marvel right, then I'd be happy with that. Obviously, I'm going to be upset that Jude Law is not playing Captain Marvel because I'd like to see. I've always wanted to see him in the Marvel universe anyway. And what better way than to see him as like you know the original character that destroyed or defeated Thanos in when Thanos when Thanos first appeared in the Marvel comics. But hey. You can't have everything. You can't have everything. So yeah. Yeah, you're still gonna get to see his pretty face. Don't worry. Yeah, about true, true, true. <laughs> that pretty face and receding hairline since he's been 21. <laughs> Him and uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Him and Bruce Willis, man. The same hairstyle for the past fifty years, man. <laughs> yeah, that hairline is. Uh, that's the he's fighting a losing battle there, boy. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so the, the for those of you that don't know, listeners, um, he Jude Law's character name was kind of kept uh, um, under wraps until last week or, or the beginning of this week, I think it was when um, there was obviously some of the the merchandisers started to come out for this movie, um, and Funko started to release some of their um, Funko Pops for the the movie line, and. Um, Jude Law's, Jude Law's character was revealed as uh, Yon Rock. Now, Yon Rock is is somebody who has a long history in uh, with Captain Marvel and within the the kind of cosmic universe, and has long been kind of an an antagonist, particularly for um, Captain Marvel, the, the the character that Rich has been referring to. Um, it's likely that he's going to play some type of a villainous role. I don't know if he'll be the main villain of, of this film, um, but I would say just given the character's background, he he might be some type of villain. Although they could turn around and do like they did with M'Baku in um, Black Panther and and make him less of a, a villain and more just an antagonist, quote-unquote. Mm. Um, mm. You know, somebody who is... Um, because, you know, the trajectory of... of this character's arc is in conflict with Carol Danvers' um, development within the story and, and the two clash, you know, that way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he'll be sort of out-and-out out villain, so to speak. Um, I suspect that that might be something else uh, that hasn't been revealed to us yet. Um, mm. But I think there's every possibility that, that Yon Rog is um, likely to be some type of an antagonist as opposed to villain um, throughout the story. Um, one of the things that I really love about Kelly Sudaconic's run, which inspired this this movie, is she introduced a pet for Carol called, um, well, in the comic book, she, the, the cat is called Chewie, and Chewie is a space cat. 
Um, and we got to see uh, Chewie first on the original poster when the first poster was released along with the teaser trailer. Um, and we get a good bit look at Chewie in this one now um, with Samuel Jackson playing with Chewie at the end of the trailer in quite a cute kind of <laughs> gag. Um, but they've changed the name. So the cat is no longer called Chewie. The cat is now called Goose, according to the um, the the label on on the cat's collar that that she's wearing. Um, and I was like, man, I like that because basically, you know, I mean, I get why they changed it. It's obviously because Chewie was was obviously named after Chewbacca um, mm. from Star Wars. But surely Star Wars is MCU canon at this point. I mean, like Peter Parker referred to um star wars in in civil war um mm. so yeah it's not like people don't know that that star wars exists there so it mm. just kind of felt like well you didn't need to change that i mean yeah i get it obviously goose is a reference to top gun because you know she's a pilot and they're pilots in top gun um and if the movie's set in 1994 then top gun would only be about three or four years old at that point i guess um no, no, older than that. When no, because Top Gun came out what eighty what? When was Top Gun? Was it eighty nine or ninety? No, dude, it's uh, way older than that, man. Tom Cruise was still a young nipper. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let me just, in fact, you know, what, let me just Google that because I thought Top Gun came out like eighty seven or something crazy. I'm googling it now. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm getting Top old. Gun. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. Bloody hell, I am getting old. <laughs> so, so, so if you so if you think about it, mm. if if the let's say if Captain Marvel is set in 1995 mm. and she's of age mm. by the time that we see her, mm. she would have seen Star Wars, but like, yeah, but she would have been at, a, at an age where the influence of Top Gun clearly would have helped push her into wanting to go into, into the Air Force as well. So mm. it does make sense. Um, but, but I do see what you're trying to say about the whole thing of like, you know, calling like calling a cat Chewy. Mm. Um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, but time-wise, it does make sense as to why she would call call the cat like like Gooseman or, or mm. Goose, should I say? Yeah. Especially especially if that's her her best friend, you know. Mm. <laughs> so which I'm sure which it which I reckon it might even be. Mm. So by by the looks of it, so yeah. 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 No, you got a point. Fair point. That's a fair point. I suppose that makes sense. Um, yeah, I was just like because I I like the name Chewy for a cat. So <laughs> yeah, I suppose I was just looking forward to that. But but yeah, no, that does make sense. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like the trailer overall, oh, I, I forgot to talk about that last 30 seconds of the trailer, man. That looked like it came straight. Now that looks like it came straight out of a page from Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, yeah, run. yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. I think it was Jamie, Jamie McKelvey was the artist who did the, the artwork on that. And there's several panels where mm. you see Carol Danvers kind of flying through space, battling spaceships by herself, um, which is nuts already. Um, mm. And that last sort of 30 seconds like definitely shows you that and, and kind of the full extent of her her powers. Well, not even the full extent, but like just kind of what she's capable of doing mm. Mm. Um, and why, you know, uh, I think people like the, the character so much. Um, what did you think of that final 30 seconds, man? Did that get you jazzed? Listen, that, that, was, that was just awesome. Like I said, it's because it's something that we haven't seen in the Marvel... In, in, well, in, I'm going to keep saying Marvel Universe, in the MCU, we haven't seen anything like that. So we have to remember as well, like we keep on getting hints from Kevin Feige saying that this is basically going to be the character that's going to help turn the tide in the as yet untitled Avengers 4 movie 
uh, in which they defeat Thanos. I mean, I mean, to be fair, we all know that the Avengers are going to defeat Thanos. It's just, it's just a matter of how and when. But this person is the deciding factor. So just showing us what she can do there, and that's not even the full extent of it. Is it, I'm gassed. Mm. I'm like super gassed, especially after what we know she can do, what we what she can do in the comic books. And they 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 seem to be staying pretty pretty faithful to what she can do, and just seeing it on film. I, I suppose this is probably like the equivalent. Seeing her use cosmic powers like that on film is the equivalent to, as much as I hate them, but seeing the first time a Transformer transformed in Michael mm. Bay's film. Like, you know that scene? I remember that. In, I remember you used to love that scene, Jason. The scene where yeah, yeah, yeah. Optimus the Prime just trans- Oh, no, the one thing that to me was the, the one that Optimus Prime changes in the alleyway. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the most, I think it's the most intricate transformation out of all of the movies because I mm. think they got like true um true like a uh, computer designers and they basically actually took like a, an actual truck or mac truck of whatever it is and said well if it was going to transform where would go where and so it's actually like a, a proper algorithm mm. uh, that's the reason why that transformation looks different as compared to every other transformation um in the in the rest of the movies like they're not as intricate um so yeah so just seeing her flying around just doing that i mean I think that the closest I've got to that was maybe, as much as I hate this film as well, the Fantastic Four 2, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Hmm. You know, when a surfer comes to Earth and he's just flying around and it's just, he's just majestic looking. Yeah. The film isn't that great, but he just has this thing where he just stands out. Hmm. And, and that's what it feels like when you see like Carol Danvers just doing her thing. She's just doing her Captain Marvel thing and it's just awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm looking forward to some big ass space battles um, with uh, Captain Marvel taking on the the Kree and and blowing shit up. Because <laughs> I'm just I'm just easily entertained like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it does. It looks spectacular, and and I can't wait to kind of see that on an IMAX screen. That's just gonna look mm. nuts. Oh, 4D, so, 4D for me, mate. Oh yeah. <laughs> I might even break my my 3D um, uh, sabbatical and, and jump <laughs> into that one because that's definitely going to be worth seeing in in 3D. So yeah, for sure, I'm I'm with that. Um, one thing we we didn't mention before we we wrap up as well is uh, Samuel Jackson. Um, we got a lot of Samuel Jackson in in this trailer, aka mm. Nick Fury. Um, is it confirmed in this film that he's he's losing the eye in this film? I can't, I can't remember. Uh, I don't. I don't think it has been confirmed, but I, I have a theory that he'll lose this eye. He, he'll lose his eye in this film anyway, hmm. and this will basically be a throwaway. Well, this will be basically be a direct um, link to the conversation that he has with Captain America in the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, remind you know, you know, the, the listeners what that that is, because I remember, yeah. but they may not. Uh, I th- well, basically, Captain in the Winter Soldier. There's a bit I think in the elevator where Captain America and Nick Fury are having a, a, a conversation about uh, trust and, and, you know, and, and basically giving people the benefit of the doubt. And Nick Fury basically turns around and, and goes, the last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Um, and I think it only makes sense for Nick Fury to lose the eye in this film, uh, considering that the scrolls are meant to be, you know, in quotation marks, the villain of the movie. Whereas, like, they're able to shapeshift. Hmm. But then, to me, what would be the kicker for that is that if they do go down the path of the comic books, uh, 
and it ends up that being that even though the scrolls are the shapeshifters, the true villains are the ones that are actually in front of you, mm. which would be the Kree, which would basically then make sense as the reason why Nick Fury is so paranoid because looks aren't everything, and basically the person that you think is by you know you think is riding riding for you by your side is actually the villain, and mm. that's the whole basis and behind the the creation of or the second iteration of Shield that we see in the the modern day um, MCU as well. So, so I, I think more than likely he's, he's going to lose an eye in this. Um, mm. and, and if they don't, I think they, well, they need to get it done soon because Samuel Jackson's no spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He's getting on a bit. Although I have to say they did a wicked job once again. They, they, you got to take your hat off to the um, effects people at uh, Marvel Studios because he looks he, he does look a lot younger like yeah, in, in yeah. those shots that you see him you know so that um de-aging effect technology is is definitely doing the business um because you know i was really impressed with with how they've pulled it off in the previous examples with michael douglas and mm. with robert Downey jr um yeah yeah but yeah but this one is is brilliant so yeah i'm really looking forward to to seeing that on the screen as well and how that plays out um, but yeah, I mean, Brie Larson looks terrific as, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, I'm not as familiar with her, her back, uh, catalog of work as, as you are rich. I mean, I remember you telling me about her in the room and, and how she was really good in it. Um, I still haven't seen the room yet. Um, shame on me, but I need to, I need to go and sit down and watch that. Um, but yeah, sorry, Rich, I cut you off, but yeah, you were saying that, that she was really good. Oh yeah. No, 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 she, no, she's, she's definitely a good actress. She's, um, She's, I mean, she's she's been around for some time. That's the thing. Mm, so, uh, mm. Yeah, but, uh, but her her work in the room is just is just it's just amazing. Mm. It's just really really good. Um, once again, I think would she be the first choice that I would have chosen to play Captain Marvel? I don't think it would have been. I mean, in in the ideal world, I actually would have chosen um, Emily Blunt. Mm. It's just because I know Emily Blunt is that tough ass woman, especially after seeing her in the film like Edge of Tomorrow. But then, like I said before, like you know, Marvel or or Marvel Studios, they they just don't want. I mean, they they, they pick people that they they believe are right for the job, and so far, I think they've only ever made one bad choice or one bad decision in mm. a in, in a casting. But they believe in the you know, just because you look the part doesn't mean you're right for the part, which is something I think that you know Warner Brothers and DC have made that mistake in their recent casting in their DC EU. Um, ben Affleck is is amazing looking as Batman, but he doesn't really have, you know, that Bruce Wayne or that or that Batman thing. That's mm. it, that's just my personal opinion. But everyone else that, that Marvel have chosen, you know, you know Chris Evans, he, he is Steve Rogers, he is Captain America, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark and he is Iron Man. So after seeing her catalogue of work, I can't see her as Captain Marvel, but they've they've clearly they clearly know which direction they're going to be going, and as to the reason why they've chosen her to play it. So hmm. my, my faith is in her hands, and to be honest, I'm I'm not even shaken or stirred about in regards to that. Yeah, same as you, absolutely not. I mean, we said they've rarely made any missteps, and and Marvel have have not let us down to this point. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know the the MCU is going strong. Um, uh, there's you know the number of films that i haven't enjoyed that they've put out is is 
tiny um, compared to, you know, the vast majority of, of their output, which I've enjoyed on some level, some more than others. But, um, you know, I've I pretty much enjoyed everything that's come out and I see no reason why I won't enjoy this one too. Mm. Um, so, you know, as said, they've, they, they have a knack of hiring good talent, um, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Um, you know, the, what, this is the 20, 21st movie. Yeah. 21st movie now, um, in the MCU. So, you know, they know what they're doing. Um, and as said, nobody's let us down really yet. Um, you know, even though I may have my, my issues with, with, again a very small number of the, the movies that came out um even those movies on some level you know i i will grudgingly admit that i enjoyed some aspects of, of some of those movies and um yeah said they they just keep on picking the the right people at the right time to to work on these things and and it works so from what i've seen so far i'd, I'd say yeah we're in we're in for um a really exciting movie coming out um so i think the release date in the uk is going to be february uh, probably the same day that black panther came out this year so i'm guessing valentine's day um mm. in the uk so yeah i'll be looking forward to to that one listeners um but yeah let us know what you think as well i mean we'll have a listen to the end of the podcast we'll have um a short trader on there telling you how you can get in touch with us and stuff so yeah let us know what you think if you're looking forward to it if you're not why you're not you know let us know we're, we're interested to hear what you think um but yeah that'll wrap it up really for our trailer discussion um hope we found that useful uh and you maybe found out a few new things about captain marvel that you didn't know um before we go i should quickly do a couple of quick plugs so um firstly I'm going to plug the fact that we are now finally on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yay us. Yay us. <laughs> um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, please let us know. Um, as I said, you listen to the end of the podcast and we'll, it, we'll let you know how you can get in touch with us. Um, yeah, just, just let us give us a shout and let us know, man. And we'll definitely give you a shout out on, on one of the episodes um because we're really keen to you know kind of reach new people and and hopefully that's what spotify will do for us so yeah if you're listening to us on spotify welcome and stick with us make sure you um subscribe to us on spotify and you follow us um we'll have regular podcasts out for you to enjoy like this so yeah stick around man um also want to say a quick thank you as well to um our usual help coming from rob wade from emotionally14.com um we are officially e14 endorsed which means we are a part of the e14 network uh, if you head to emotionally14.com you'll find loads of different podcasts like ours including lots of star wars lots of pop culture geek culture chats and some other crazy stuff too so head over there to check that out um, and also a big thank you as well to the Britpod Scene Collective, which is uh, a network that we're a part of, which is all independent British podcasters. So head to BritpodScene.com and you can check that out and find loads of other podcasts there as well. All right, that's going to do it, man. Um, Rich Kid, you got any final thoughts before we go? Um, I can't wait for this film. Uh, just Jeremy Con, I'm so excited. <laughs> 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 yeah man same here same here all right people we're out of here so until next time take care of yourselves and we'll see you around peace out 
Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 